Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Here, Birdie, Birdie, Birdie. In this episode, we're going to talk about tracking the first bird of the year and some other completely different things. Okay, let's get started. It was unusually cold, cloudy, and rainy on New Year's Day here in Tucson, so I ventured outside and I held my head downward so as not to see the dripping wet morning dove perched on the roof of the house opposite from mine. Didn't see it. Didn't see it, I repeated, and Princess and I sloshed along. The rain on my raincoat hood was enough to drown out any calls or songs on the short walk. Back inside, I busied myself making lunch for five, consisting of black-eyed peas, saffron rice, collard greens, vegan sausages, and homemade coleslaw. While I made dinner, the rain stopped and the sun came out to start the warm-up. I decided to make a dash for my annual New Year's Day run and try to pick up a good bird for 2022, which I did, White Crown Sparrow. So, am I admitting I cheated a little with my first bird of 2020? Yes, I did. Most years I don't ignore such an obvious first bird, but after the past two years we've had, I wanted something better than a soggy moto for my first bird of 2022. What's so important about a first bird of the year anyway? Of course, there are many, many people who couldn't tell you the first bird they saw this year or any year. But among birders, the first bird can be an omen or a theme for the year to come. Some birders go out of their way to set up a good first bird of the year. In Noah Stryker's chronicle of his massive big year of global birding, Birding Without Borders, he describes starting his big year on a Russian research ship near Antarctica. He'd hoped to grab a penguin or two as his first bird, but saw a Cape petrel instead. And after some thought, he decides... This is a good omen since the Cape Petrel, with its wingspan of almost three feet, travels far and wide around the earth. Imagine if he had seen a droopy morning dove. How would that have pretended his big year? During my struggle for this year's first bird, I remember Leanda Lynn Haup's introduction in Rare Encounters with Ordinary Birds. There she tells the story of how, with a new baby that year, she couldn't leave for any fabulous destination. So early in the morning of January 1st, while everyone is sleeping, she puts on a robe and sneaks out for her first bird of the year. Maybe it'll be an intelligent Stellar's Jay or a cheerful black-capped chickadee. I'm going to quote from her book here. In the light of the dark shadow perched on our fence, I quickly decided to make up a few addenda to our year of the bird rules. The first bird you see after 7 a.m. is the bird of the year. The first bird you see after your loved ones wake up. The first native bird. I'm usually quite good at lying to myself, but even for me, this would just be too blatant. Here before me sits a bird that ecologists refer to as sky rat. Year of the European starling it is, end quote. Well, Miss Help can have her sky rat. I'm going with my year of the white crowned sparrow. 
Zonotrachea lugiofris. This tiny bird, about the size of a house sparrow or a jenny wren, as they're known in my native Berks County, is also known in the birding world as an LBJ or a little brown job. This LBJ, though, has black and white racing stripes on its head. It gathers in groups to feed during these non-breeding months and can often be found near the ground or under bushes or branches. Its range covers both the eastern and western sides of the country in the non-breeding season, also known as winter. In the summer months, or the breeding months, it spends its time way up in Canada. We don't see them in the summer pretty much at all here in the United States. Its song is one of the most studied of all animal behavior because it's got about 10 different songs and calls, and each of these songs and calls has great variety across the country. So even though there's great variety within the songs, they can be classified as a sweet, jumbled whistle with a buzz or trill near the end. And the song of the White Crown Sparrow is not to be confused with the Oh Sweet Canada, Canada, Canada whistle of the White-Throated Sparrows. Yep, White Crown Sparrow is my bird and I'm sticking to it. If you're thinking about starting your own podcast, check out Buzzsprout. That's B-U-Z-Z-S-P-R-O-U-T, Buzzsprout. If you use the link in the show notes, you can get a $20 Amazon gift card for free when you sign up for a paid account. Plus, you'll support your favorite birding show. Speaking of birds of the year, did you guys see that New Zealand named its long-tailed bat, also known in Maori as Pekka Pekka Turu, as its bird of the year? That's right, folks. It's the first mammalian species to claim the title. So, like, what's up with that? Well... Apparently, they did it to garner some much-needed attention for this very rare and critically endangered species. For this year, they renamed it Long-Tailed Bird. The cutest thing about this bat is that it's only about as big as your thumb when fully grown. Seriously, Google this bat. Long-Tailed Bat from New Zealand. That's so cute. So let's give this guy some love this year and uh, New Zealand next year, pick something with feathers, okay? In the past few weeks, I've had some really wonderful times birding in some of the city parks out here in Arizona. I thought I'd share a few of these with you today. Reed Park is in downtown Tucson, right in the middle of Tucson. It's a 156-acre family park. And like most city parks, there's a lot going on there. It's got a baseball stadium, dog parks, multiple playgrounds, tennis and pickleball courts, and an 18-hole golf course. And in the middle of all this are two smallish ponds separated by Barnum Hill, which is named after Willis E. Barnum, who financed the purchase of Reed Park. If you live in Tucson, you may have remembered embattled Barnum Hill was saved last year from expansion by the Tucson Zoo into one of those duck ponds. I've had the Mexican duck, Anastasi, on my most wanted list for a while now. This duck is very similar to the much more common mallard duck, but was classified as a new species in June of 2021. So we all need to get that on our life list, right? Both sexes of the bird strongly resemble the female mallard, 
but they're somewhat darker in plumage and have yellow bills as opposed to the female mallard's orange bill. So right now, the Reed Park ponds are host to hundreds of American widgeon, mallards, ring-necked ducks, American coots, plus a Mexican duck. Score! First lifer of 2022. Next, I hit one of the corners of the park to find the reported female common golden eye. This duck is common, all right, everywhere in the contiguous United States, except for the southeast and southern Arizona. So it was special to see it in, in Pima County. In fact, when I got there, there were two female common golden eyes, as well as eight lesser scop. About two weeks ago, I visited a, another park inside a city. I visited the Riparian Preserve at Gilbert Water Ranch in the town of Gilbert near Phoenix, Arizona. My friend Mary and I intended to stroll around and search for some ducks and other birds on a Sunday afternoon. When we got there, the parking lot was full and we had to drive around twice before we found a space. We got out of the car and started up the path. Uh, There were lots of people, mainly families, out for an afternoon walk or ride. And in my negative way of looking at things, I quickly decided we weren't going to see much here. And boy, was I wrong. As we stepped up to the first pond area, right inside the entryway, I saw two Canada geese. Okay, so that's not all that special, but I checked my eBird list on this. I have 63 checklists going back to 1996 with Canada goose on them, and only one was in Arizona. So yes, this was a little bit special for me. But then as I was looking at the Canada goose, Mary asked me, what bird is that with the long legs? And like some magical Hollywood movie where I drew my binoculars up and onto the water, I see an American avocet. In fact, there were 10 of them and even more black neck stilts. There were at least 100 birds in and on the water. Shovelers, coots, ruddy ducks, a lot more. And by the end of our two hours at Gilbert Water Ranch, we had seen thousands of birds from 39 species. I think that's pretty impressive for two hours. The highlights included black-crowned night herons, American white pelicans, annas and costas, hummingbirds, green-winged teal, dunlin, least sandpipers, uh, long-billed dowitchers, and a really nice yellow warbler. Got good looks at that little guy. So in all, people, um, city parks are often overlooked by birders who think that there may only be common birds there. Remember, though, that all birds are uncommon somewhere and at some times. Be sure to check out your local city parks at any time of year to see what you can find. You just never know. I think I mentioned that I would be submitting daily eBird checklists this year, and that's exactly what I've been doing. Some days it's only a few minutes of observing while I'm walking my dog. In fact, most days it's only been a few minutes while I'm walking my dog. But guess what? In January of 2021, on, on January 22nd, which is the date I checked to this, I had 24 species for the new year. This year, in 2022, I have 68 species so far, by the same date. 
And in 2020, I only had 10 species for the entire month. So an added benefit of submitting a list every day is that I really do feel as though I'm doing more birding already this year. And I, I haven't, I don't think I've actually gone out of my way. I've just added a list on, you know, my daily dog walks, basically. It's not like I've been running all around Pima County trying to find different birds. It's just still my same old way that I'm doing it. And I have, wow, almost three times as many species. That's pretty crazy. And now for something completely different. In the news in the past week or so, I saw that the founder of the Birds Aren't Real movement, Peter McIndoe, was in my feeds again. If you don't know about the Birds Aren't Real movement, here's a little background. McIndoe, a 23-year-old Gen Zer, came up with this fake, and I mean fake, conspiracy theory as a way to deal with a world that's overrun with disinformation. The group often puts their so-called disinformation in the face of those supporting other wild conspiracy theories. The New York Times recently did a really good article on McIndow. It was uh, December of last year, I think. And they related that at the Women's March in D.C. in 2017, McIndow was frustrated with pro-Trump counter-protesters. And he ripped a poster off a wall and wrote three random words to push back at these counter-protesters. And the Birds Aren't Real movement was born. It's absurd to claim that the government killed off millions of birds in the 50s and replaced them with drones that charge on electrical wires and poop on cars so that it can be used to track citizens. However, you know, you know what happened, right? There are people that you actually believe this. So Birds Aren't Real has put forward this pseudo campaign for a couple of years now. And last week, McIndoe pulled a stunt during an interview on live TV where he took a big gulp of some milky substance from his cup and then proceeded to pretend to, well, um, you know, expel it from his stomach. It's a pretty gross way to make your point, but it's helping McIndoe gain attention so that he can break character and, quote, bring the birds aren't real movement to the next level of our consciousness, end quote. Check out some of the links I've posted in the show notes and let me know what you think about this movement on the Here Birdie 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 Facebook group page. a minute to add a buck or two to fund my chai tea addiction at buymeacoffee.com slash hbbb. It helps me to stay focused during the time I research, write, record, and edit this podcast. I would love it. Well, with that, I'm going to wrap up this episode of Here Birdie Birdie Birdie. Until next time, my friends, stay birdie and nerdy.
tennis and pickleboard, pickleball, tennis and pickleball, tennis and pickle, tennis and pickleboard courts, an 18 hole golf, 